following is a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to GNCast.com. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S dot com. Hello and welcome to Who You and Review. We're a podcast from the Galactic Network. Now, we've got little bits of news here and I'm quite happy to share the little bits of news. There are no plans to do a multiple Doctor story anytime soon. Now that's a bit of a shame. Remember the day of the Doctor three years ago now. Can you believe it was three years ago? All the incarnations of the Doctor teamed up to save Gallifrey. Now that's pretty awesome. But don't count on that happening again in Doctor Who for a long, long time. This comes from the Doctor Who panel that was at the New York Comic Con, as Stephen Moffat explained that he doesn't expect to see another multiple Doctor storyline in the near future. And rightly so. A multiple Doctor event should be a special event. I mean, as much as I want to see Capaldi and Tennant together, or Eccleston and uh, Smith, you can't do them just for the sake of doing them. They are, they are events. They are, it is event television. It is the thing that makes us go, oh, I've got to watch that. If it happened every week, it wouldn't be special. We like things being special. Sticking with Stephen Moffat, uh, Stephen Moffat and Peter Capaldi have been waiting to turn Doctor Who into a superhero movie all of their lives. And now they finally have their chance. Moffat has created a Superman-esque hero played by Orphan Black's Justin Chatwin to go toe-to-toe with the Time Lord, as you know in this year's festive special, The Return of Doctor Mysterio! Stereo! Area! Oh, yeah, whatever. Now, it's a clever play on Doctor Who's Spanish title, as I explained the other week. New York Comic Con over the weekend, the other weekend, both Moffat and Capaldi drew parallels between Mysterio and Superman lore. Most significantly, the classic 1978 film starring Christopher Reeve, by far probably the best Superman film ever, apart from the time travelling bit around the earth. You know the bit I mean. So, I understand that that film was a huge impact on Stephen Moffat. And I understand that if you're going to go for a a stereotyped superhero, that you would choose something like that. But I have to ask the question, is Stephen Moffat out of ideas? That might seem unfair, but I don't think so. Sticking with Christmas, Doctor Who might be gearing up for its Christmas special. I mean, this is the superhero and everything. But I think it's about to have its thin- its thunder stolen by... And oh, this is where I need drums. Oh, can you put drums in? Bum, 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 bum. Yeah, I was just having a little bit of fun, you know. The Mr. Men! Are you familiar with The Mr. Men? The Mr. Men, series of books by Roger Hargreaves. What's that got to do with Doctor Who? Well, in an awesome new partnership, BBC Worldwide has teamed up with Sanrio Global to release a series of books based on the 12 Doctors. And the results are really cute. They're really awesome. 
the books, all 12 of them, named Doctor First, Doctor Second and so on. They combined the iconic storytelling of Doctor Who with a whimsical humour made famous by Roger Hargreaves. If you haven't seen these, just pop into your, your, your favourite search engine and type in Mr. Men Doctor Who books. They are, they are pretty good. Absolutely. Is it on my Christmas card, uh, Christmas list? You better believe it is. It should be on yours too. The Science of Doctor Who. And I've used a new little backing track. So computer noise, listen. Basically all computers should sound like that. I think we agree, yes. So, eh, let's look at antimatter. Now, in Doctor Who, antimatter was a rarely found substance. Nothing could stop antimatter particles, meaning that an antimatter beam fired from a rifle at the ground would continue to spread into the ground infinitely. Now, in particle physics, antimatter is a material composed of antiparticles which have the same mass as particles of ordinary matter but opposite charges as well as other particle properties such as lepton and baryon numbers collisions between particles and antiparticles lead to the annihilation of both giving rise to the varial proportions of intense photons gamma rays neutrinos and less massive particles antiparticle pairs the total consequential consequence of annihilation is a release of energy available for work proportional to the total matter and antimatter mass in accord with the mass energy uh, equivalence equation e equals mc squared antiparticles bind with each other to form antimatter just as ordinary particles bind to form normal matter. So there we go. That's quite straightforward, yes? I think Doctor Who gets it right for once with their take on physics, although probably easier to understand in Doctor Who than it is in the world of physics. Well, thank you very much. This feature has been... The Science of Doctor Who. Uh, if you if you knew how difficult it was to read that, I don't I don't fu I don't fully understand. If a physicist should happen to be listening to this and they want to do a feature called the science of Doctor Who, give us a shout. How could you do that? Oh, well that's quite straightforward. You just come here. Many thanks for downloading this podcast from the Galactic Network. We have so much to offer. Maybe it's horror or adventure gaming. Perhaps you just like to listen to a couple of nerds geeking out. Well, if that's the case, then visit gncasts.com. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S dot com. And have a good poke around. You'll be surprised what you find. Maybe you'd like to chat to the hosts 
If so, then why not sign up to our Slack channel? Or simply you want to tell us what a great job we're doing. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S dot com. Now, I'm sure you'll agree that one of the most notable aspects of Doctor Who last year was its tone, with episodes like the Zygon Invasion, Inversion, Face the Raven, Heaven Sent and Hellbent, the show took a, well, a darker direction, as is to be expected of a series where, well, a companion sort of dies. So next year's Series 10 will see the tone of the show shift once again. This time, with a focus on making Doctor Who feel, well, brand new. Again, this is straight from the mouth of good old Stephen Moffat, revealing that the Episode 1 of the Series 10 will feel like Episode 1 of Series 1, with new companion. That's Bill, played by Pearl Mackey, allowing fans to see the Doctor in a fresh new light. Now, of course, this isn't the first time that the formula has been tweaked to re-energise the show. I mean, actually, isn't isn't that sort of the point of the show? You know, where where time can get rewritten, things can change, feeling of new beginnings, new hope. Well, yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. So, thanks, Stephen. You've told us something we already knew. Oh well. As for Service Ten. It has actually now finally been confirmed that Missy will indeed be making an appearance. Now, I know we talked about this months ago, but it was never actually confirmed. I mean, that was way back in May at the Megacon. But this newest confirmation came in a recent interview with Music.com, where the Doctor Who star told editor Mitch Knox, weirdly, this is sort of crunch week where I get to find out exactly what I'm going to be doing next. I can officially say that I will be starting back on Doctor Who, so that's like a big thing. Yeah, that's quite a big thing. Hauntings, sky sounds, parallel universes, monster sightings, the New World Order, ghost ships, urban legends, mysterious radio broadcasts, and secret government facilities are just a few things we've talked about on Weird World Weekly. Listen to find out what's next. Go to gncasts.com slash weird to listen, find out more, and subscribe to the podcast that discusses the paranormal, mythological, conspiratorial, unexplained, or anything else we think is a little strange and out of the ordinary. Also, Matt's continuing search for turkey recipes. It's all on Weird World Weekly, part of the Galactic Netcast network of shows, also available wherever you listen to podcasts. Now let's talk about class. Following on from the short Peter Capaldi-centric teaser shown at New York Comic Con, the BBC have actually unveiled a longer, more rounded look at the spin-off, which will air... Well, for me, Friday. For you, who knows? Well, Canada and Australia, we know when yours will. Sorry, America. I still think that's wrong. I really do. I still think that BBC America have missed a trick here. But never mind. The footage of the trailer gives us a look at the world of class, including its characters, monsters and tone, with shots of blood. 
snogging and violence. Oh, that's just an average Friday night out for Matt, isn't it? He won't hear this. He doesn't like Doctor Who. Maybe we can get him into class. Yeah, maybe not. Sticking with class, details of the third episode of the uh, show have been confirmed. The episode will be called Night Visiting and will premiere on Saturday the 29th of October on BBC Three. Now, the synopsis goes like this. London is infiltrated by an eerie alien with the ability to morph into the shape of a lost loved one. Tanya has an unexpected visitor come to her window in the dead of night and she's not the only one. Azram and Miss Quill face their own startling visitors confronted with these emotional encounters. The team must overcome the persuasion of this strange new threat and battle through the streets to stop Tanya from being lost forever. So there we go. We now know episode one is going to be called For Tonight We Might Die. Episode two, The Coach with the Dragon Tattoo. And episode three, Night Visiting. Now there was a piece of news which was posted in our Slack channel uh, with regards to this because I believe... This is going to be shown in London at a uh, Comic-Con event. However, at time of recording, I didn't actually have time to read the news article that was posted. But I thought I'd reference it. Now, if you want to know more about our Slack channel, then head over to gncasts.com slash subscribe, maybe. Is it subscribe? I don't know. It changes about. I don't know. I don't, I don't spend enough time there. You can tell me. And you can tell me by subscribing to our Slack and sending me a message. Wouldn't that be good? Oh, you'd get to chat to Anessa about aliens or Brad about role-playing or Dave about Galactic Radio, the new show that he does. Very exciting stuff. Anyway, you know what else is exciting? Oh yeah, you're right. Without further ado, That's right. What else is exciting is the A to Z. So here we go. This week's monster, is a bit unfair to call it a monster, is the Isolus. From the episode which is widely regarded as one of the worst, and that is Fear Her. Remember the episode? That's right. The Olympic Games episode. Yeah, that one. Still, it's no love and monsters, thankfully. So the planet of origin for the Isolus, well, they don't have a planet as such. They are born in space. And, well, they don't really employ a technology as such. They have an innate ability, which is uh, to be able to harness ionic energy and create worlds from imagination. The Isolus were originally born as spores by their mother, these Isolus would travel through space in heat-powered pods and would grow for thousands of years until they reached their adulthood. And in order to pass the time, use their ionic powers to project fantasy worlds to playing. 
The ionic power of an isolus to create these virtual worlds could also bring inanimate objects such as drawings to life, as well as transform living things into drawings. These young isolus also required strong emotions, specifically love. To survive, mm. Iolus travelled in groups of around 4 billion and required constant companionship to feel, to feed off the love of their siblings. Like so many things in this world, in this universe, they just want to, they just want to be loved. And I guess, you know, it wasn't their fault that they almost imprisoned or killed all everyone in the planet Earth. So that's the Asolus. Yeah. So next week, I will get the opportunity to watch the first two episodes of Class. Now, I will be doing a separate, spoiler-heavy review. I'm going to try and keep it as uh, uh, to a maximum of about 10-15 minutes. I am going to warn you at the beginning of any Who Knew and Review whether I have spoilers or not. And then it will be up to yourself to listen. But that's coming up next week uh, for a run as for as many weeks as the, uh, the episodes are. But they will be spoiler heavy. I thought I'd warn you about that now. And now I will warn you about the end of this podcast. Goodbye. This has been a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to GNCast.com. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S dot com. <laughs>